The Naked Vocalist is proudly sponsored by Vocalize You, the world's most comprehensive home study program for vocalists. Over 200,000 singers have experienced more range, more power, and more vocal freedom with Vocalize You. Download your copy from vocalizeyou.com now. Hey, man. Hey, man. What's the episode? 25. No, it's not. What are you say? All right. Here's Matt Butler. Country, country rock. Matt oh. Butler. Sorry about that. Yeah, earlier I was going to well. say I was expecting an apology. So yeah, I, I couldn't remember what episode we were on. I can't remember what order we're doing these in at times. So you probably shouldn't question in the future, should you? If you don't remember. I get a bit lost. I thought I was being helpful. Slash. Are you going to say sorry to Steve? Don't have to. Family. Are you going to say sorry to Steve? Sorry, Steve. Time sponsored by Acrist is <laughs> <laughs> Matt Butler. <laughs> Matt Butler, yeah, country rock. Um, do like that guy, like the song, and I remember him from Vocalize You last mm. year because he was one of your um, gang, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, when 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 we uh, when we go to teach in LA, they we get we get offered about five or six students don't we yeah and uh, Matt was one of mine and just so fortunate really because I've, I've said it on another video somewhere in the ether that he is just so authentic so just so raw and so about what it should be about which is songwriting and expression and everything that he writes comes from experience yes he has a lot of personal experience it's just incredible so to see him now Recording like this and releasing it as he's doing is just is just great. And he's going on tour shortly as well. He's doing a lot. He's doing a few. He's he's had a few gigs anyway, but shortly going on a larger tour, as far as I'm aware. So really good stuff from Matt there. Yeah, really cool. And he does. Can I do an impression of him? Come on. Then. Like when he's oh, talking, yes. he's like, hey. What's going on, Steve? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> He's so New York. He is so cool. Yeah. He's just dry as what's hell. What's going on, Steve? Hey, Steve, what's going on? Yeah, I pulled him up on that and actually filmed him doing it once. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. I've seen it. So casual. So what's his website? MattButlerOfficial.com You can free download of that song, which is called Ride Again. It's just been mastered. So have a uh, yeah, get involved with Matt. Yeah, and I'll put uh, put that in the show notes, uh, thenakedvocalist.com forward slash podcast forward slash twenty five. Good. So we're cracking through on today. Let's get straight onto it. Um, I would like to say though that earlier on, actually, the past few weeks, I've been hearing about that band, Postmodern Jukebox. Have you heard about them? No. The kind of jazzy cover band thing. All right. With Shoshana Bean in it. Oh, now you've said that name. Right. Really good. Yeah, she's really cool. Re- and their version of I Want It That Way, oh, the really? Backstreet Boys thing. Have you seen it? No. Oh, dear God. Because I'm kind of hooked on this war. Okay. Yeah. They did, um, 
Because I was listening to Jazz FM this morning, and right. they played their version of All of Me by John Legend, which it, and they're, oh, really? they're bringing out an album. Oh, of covers. Of covers, and they're at the O2 this weekend, um, Indigo 2. And I just have to say, like, you know, on the vibe of new music, go and check out Postmodern Jukebox, because mm. I'm really excited about this. I love her voice. Again, personal preference, but... Yeah, she's cool. cool. Um, yes, uh, on to the questions. we got stuff about... We've got stuff about reflux and vocal health, and we've got stuff about... SLS. Oh! Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> That's not an SLS. <laughs> what, sorry? That's not an SLS. No, they would kick me out for that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh! Ooh! Um, right, are you just... I do need to double check this. Are you peeking because... I could be distorted. Actually, it? though, on the uh, signal. A little bit. Never mind. Um, yes, and other stuff? Yeah, and fatigue, which is what we're just about to kick off with, I think. Fatigue. Yeah. Okay. Shall I do that one? Okay, go for one? it. Yep. Okay, this is from John Norman. Hey, guys. App. App. It's not with a P. He's used a B. Absolutely love your podcast. Keep up the great work. How do you feel about that, Chris? I'm pretty... I'm going red. My question today is about fatigue. Little bit of personal background. We love a bit of personal background. I'm a songwriter and multi-instrumentalist. And after I graduated from music school in 2010, I've become very interested in becoming a competent vocalist to perform my own music. Having a wife, brother and sister who all sing professionally helps tremendously in correctly guiding my progress. I'm also planning on private lessons next year. Tight finances with, uh, with one-year-old twins. Yeah, I can imagine. Here's my question. How can you tell the difference, brackets if any, between vocal fatigue that points to long-term strength and longevity, or vocal fatigue that points to bad habits and long-term problems? Great question. I've never lost my voice or been unable to sing, but since I spend so much time without strict instruction, I'd like to get more insight on my singing progress. Thanks so much. Chris Johnson. Oh, are you introducing me on this one? Great. Um, <laughs> a, little well, bit like, a, a little bit like Elton John. Yeah, <laughs> but I was much more ready for for that. Don't for let that. the sun go down. Yeah. Right, go on. Well, he must be doing something right if he hasn't ever lost his voice. Yeah. Right. But mm. then I guess we have to look at how often do you use your voice? Because if it's not often at all, i.e., once a week, um, in terms of gigs and stuff, um, you probably wouldn't lose your voice even with bad patterns and technique that might screw you over right but yeah if you haven't lost your voice that's a good sign um, vocal fatigue it's actually quite it's, it's a difficult subject because there's so many different symptoms and sounds that you could describe as being a problem and not a problem but I think maybe we could open up a discussion on how do you create stamina in the voice and is it the same way as other muscles in the body um, because the way that you describe it, it I, I might be guessing, I probably, well I am guessing and I, might, and I probably am wrong, but I just want to clear it up that although the vocal cords are muscles, that they can't be developed on a stamina level like other muscles in the body. Because mm. they're not really open to growth or hypertrophy. You can't bear weight on them like you can a bicep to stimulate damage and then regeneration but to a better degree which is what bodybuilding is and what stamina athletes do that's where stamina comes from yes and that's everyone's perception of stamina is push yourself to the to the edge then you'll be able to deal with more yeah and you'll be sore for a bit but then you'll be better 
and that the voice definitely does not work like that okay however there are more muscles in the voice than the vocal cords themselves um, and talking about those, you know, there is something to be said, said for stamina generally in your body because I think people underestimate, under, underestimate singing, especially at certain intensity levels and styles, that they're underestimating it as being quite an easy task physically. It's not an easy task technically, it's actually really difficult, right? But I think it's underestimated how much energy it can take to sing, including your brain including your um, legs, being on stage, dancing around, the use of breathing muscles, the use of, if you're singing intensely, like the muscles used if you're going to belt um, or distort. All of those things generally do take up more energy in the voice. And I guess on some level, one could um, develop stamina yeah. and fitness, essentially, as well. Um, to be able to deal with situations that do require a lot of extreme singing and activity in the body. So if you're talking about the whole body thing, I'm just, I mean, if, if John's got one-year-old twins. Oh, you must be knackered. Knackered. Good point. Never had kids, but I mean, I can imagine. Yeah. So, you know, you, you might sing for an hour and be completely bushed. Not because anything's going wrong. This is the word bush. Yeah, I know. But we would usually use something beginning with F, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah, you good point. Yeah. I have to have to really have to remember we have a podcast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's that stamina. That's that stamina side of things. And uh, But if we get onto the vocal cords themselves, I mean, take over, man. Like what? They're, they're a different ball game, right? Yeah, and I would go as far as saying that you, you mentioned, you briefly mentioned about the... The, the singing mechanism is more than just the muscles in the vocal folds. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's one thing I'll touch upon is if the, if the extrinsic muscles are being fatigued, then you're really going to feel it. Yeah. And that's going to be the thing that makes you, and again, I'm not saying this is you, John, but this is just a thing. Hold your, put your hand to your neck after a gig and go, wow, I'm fatigued. Yeah. But and if you're feeling that then in any case it would be said that that's probably probably not a a great a great thing. But then again, funny enough, you will build up some stamina in those muscles. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, you will so, be able to maintain an, a less than ideal situation for longer. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. more that you do it. But that's yeah, not that's, that's not, true. But that's not conducive so- to a, to a good end result that is it. <laughs> no. Let's face it. And and yeah, I mean in terms of breathing, I know that I know that in a belty situation, you know, like I have felt the energy drain from my body across the course of an evening. And to no impact to my actual voice. Right. Like I haven't woke up completely scuffed, but the support or the posture or the general movement of, you know, my vocal anatomy and the concentration to fix that and maintain it has been can be a very draining affair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you know, I've found fatigue like that before, but not not been screwed up on the vocal cords. You know. Yeah. So there is there is the element of that. And uh, so it's just a question, really, isn't it? It's, you know, how do we how can you tell the difference between vocal fatigue? So I guess we're getting some and where that's the that's the hardest thing with this question, yeah. isn't it? Because ultimately, ideal world, if, if, if John's working out here based on his brother, sister and wife's and probably twins' advice, um, 
And the next door neighbour probably as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, if he's working out and planning a, a, a workout regime on that advice and his own advice, then over time, the ideal situation would be that he's just improving as a singer without any fatigue. Mm. Um, you know, I say ideal world, real world, that there will be some at some times from certain exercises. For example, if we're looking to increase adduction or... Yeah. You know, that's a circumstance where we're likely to overdo it. And normally, with, again, the extrinsic muscles, they normally do tend to get involved. And that's just... I'm not saying everyone does that, but from experience working with people... Yeah, and in females as well, Mm. you know, the tiny little muscles that adduct the vocal cords, um, quite often, through doing the right thing, one can feel absolutely knackered after doing that. Mm. After a really short space of time, for... Particularly for females who are working on cord closure and chest voice. Yeah. Mm. You know, just reactivating muscles that are underused, they, can, they do puff out quickly mm. and they, they do develop their coordination better. But that isn't really building stamina, it's kind of getting them up to a level where they should have been in the first place. Right. It's kind of dealing with atrophy rather than dealing with hypertrophy. You know, it's, it's, the, it's diff, two different sides of the needle. Um, so in a sense we're saying that if we're singing in an ideal world with a voice that's being used in a way that is most efficient mm. then we probably won't be experiencing that much fatigue in any case mm. yeah no matter how many gigs we have no matter how many rehearsals we have you know yeah. in an ideal world yeah and so yeah if you are feeling are you going down the road of like if you are feeling fatigue over quite a long period of time and wondering whether that is contributing to your stamina the answer is probably not right because if you feel fatigue for a long period of time then your regime isn't doing its job and that's fair enough because like you say you're in isolation and you're you may be going off anecdotal stuff from family or whatever and I think anybody who trains in isolation obviously will come up with technical problems just because there isn't the input of um, science and professionals and everything exactly. else to guide that and it's we both know that until until we both started training vocals you would we wouldn't have figured any of this stuff out no way it's just too wild and it needs people like Ingo Tietze to tell us like why on earth we do this stuff and why we should or why it works um, and I don't want to drag it all the way back to the holistic nonsense again <laughs> <laughs> but you know Fatigue. I, you know, my voice is fatigued. John, as a singer, you are you are a prime candidate for n- knowing and understanding how your voice feels on a day-to-day basis. So somebody who's got twins, who's knackered, might wake up on a day and go, "Do you know what? I feel a bit tired today." Or, "Oh, when I when I played badminton yesterday, I just wasn't on it as much as I was the day before." <laughs> of all the sports. <laughs> But as we know, with singers, we are whether it's because we're so precious about our voice, which we obviously are, whether we just have got a better understanding, or whether there's this heebie-jeebie stuff, which means that actually everything centres that goes straight to that as our as our kind of weak spot because that's the thing that we use most. Well, I, I like that actually. Yeah, I like that. That your voice is expressing your body's woes exactly, rather than your voice expressing your technique's woes exactly. Right. Which is a really good point. Yeah. You know? And, that, and some people do express it worse than others. Some people can sing even when they're screwed. Yeah. Can't they? And some people just bomb. 
um, you may be a bomber per se. Um, but just just in case, um, in case technically it is a problem, to look towards the vocal vocal cords themselves and their ability to have stamina, and they don't really have the ability for stamina. They they have stamina to a degree, um, but you have to develop technique and the vocal cords themselves are covered in an epithelium layer which is really delicate and really it's delicate. made out of jelly and very fine materials collagen and stuff which is very flexible and helps them wave and create vibrations uh, but abuse to them results in inflammation you know and if you are feeling like after singing that you are maybe a bit scuffed for 24 to 48 hours then you're probably experiencing inflammation on the voice through a problem with technique, which would be solved in a problem with, you know, exercising or helping the extrinsic muscles relax or just, just vowels and consonants even, you know, the right regime. Um, if you're experiencing a little bit of like tiredness for 12 hours, you know, like the next morning, then you're okay. You know, you're not typically in the danger zone. I think we feel that almost every time we do a soul gig, isn't it? Yeah, speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Walk, walk off stage. <laughs> that one got me. Yeah, yeah. That, one, that was a killer. But yes, I mean, singing itself can create inflammation anyway, and especially the aggressive styles just need a bit more care. But if you're going beyond 12 to 24 hours and you're still a little bit rough, then that probably isn't going to contribute to anything. It's going to be worse. But if you only sing once a week, I remember that used to happen to me back in the day, but I was only singing every Saturday night. So it really didn't have an impact on my voice. I had way enough time to recover. But if you happen to be swollen uh, and then you go and sing again maybe in the next day or when you still feel like it's swollen, then you'll probably in some way compound the swelling and people that have a very busy schedule, like theatres and theatre singers and whatnot, they may compound that swelling to the point where then it turns into something a bit more serious, like laryngitis, polyps, nodules, hemorrhaging. She would have heard on the last episode with Rina Gupta. Yes, with Rina. She cleared that one up big time. Um, so, yeah, the, the vocal cords themselves, you've got to look at how you are. I think you've got to look at how you are on the night and the next morning and look at whether you actually lose parts of your voice or they become a little bit cloudy and I think Rena said last time didn't she if you lose if you lose one or two notes off your range you just need to be diligent and keep an eye mm. if you lose three to four notes off your range that don't return within a day or two then you need to go and get checked out yep that was what she said wasn't yes, it yes that's right yeah so so uh yeah I, listening to your body yeah I hope that answers in some way John, as you probably realised, there's a lot of factors that would influence the answer. So that's why we kind of jump around a little bit on this. And uh, hopefully that's given you some direction in, in, the, in the least. Yeah. Do you want to go on for the next question? Yep. Next one. And, uh, I do like these new microphones, by the way. They mean we can just lay on the couch, don't we? There's a lot of laying around. <laughs> instead, of, instead of leaning over a laptop, yeah. getting blinded. Uh, it's really quite cool. Uh, Angela Sanchez. Hi, guys. Angela? Oh, Angel. Oh, she's, that's, way, that's way better, isn't it? Angel. Angel Sanchez. 
<laughs> not taking anything away from anybody called Angela who <laughs> listens to the show. I just realised I have discriminated against people. Uh, hi guys, I've been a vocal performer for a very long time and a vocal teacher for about five years. Recently I had a bad case of acid reflux that damaged my esophagus and I was on vocal rest for about three or four months. It's a long time. Um, it's been very difficult to get my voice to the place it was before the reflux. And I feel really sorry for you because you're a um, vocal performer and a vocal teacher, so that clearly interrupted your life to the mm. max. Um, it's been difficult to get my voice back to the place it was before the reflux. I've found that during singing my voice feels good but the power isn't there. Uh, I realise it's going to take a while to get my full power back but my issue isn't as much w with the singing uh, and more to do with my speaking voice. I find that I can sing for a long time and do not feel hoarse or tired but as soon as I talk for an extended amount of time my voice goes down the toilet. Do you guys have any tips for my speaking voice? Um, also, I started researching speech level singing about a month ago. I'm always a little sceptical when I see books that are written by teachers of the stars, quote unquote. Uh, but I gave it a chance and it's okay. I don't think it's going to overtake my teaching style, but I do like to borrow some ideas. What do you guys personally think about it? Right. What do you think about it? We can start with the SLS. Yeah, thing, start with so that. Yeah, we can yeah. Get into the reflux thing in a bit, but what so are you SLS? Reckon? SLS. Bloody love it. No. Oh. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Chris and I spent the most part of the initial part of our careers immersed in SLS. That's where it all began, wasn't it, for us? Mm -hmm. But and that's a man called Seth Riggs developed a, a way of teaching that people could train in and deliver to students. Mm. And uh, based around exercise, the tool set, which is something that, re that is referred to in many, many, many pedagogies, whether it be a still or is it complete vocal technique? CVT, yeah. yeah. All those ones is basically the same thing, which is somebody's come up with a way to use what people would call tools, whether that's uh, vowel and consonant combinations, making strange sounds on different pitches, a load of different weird noises that, in the end, culminate in trying to get the best sound out of a human being. Yeah. And they all do the same thing. So I think it's quite right there that you said, Angela, <laughs> Angel, that, <laughs> that uh, you are looking, you're a bit sceptical, but you're looking to borrow. And I would maintain that philosophy throughout your entire life. Yeah. And there's no one right, right way for anything. And... Although SLS served us very well, there would be some things that we would look at now and go, well, maybe we could question that. Um, and that's just because of the way things have moved on, for one thing. But secondly, the way that we actually feel about certain aspects of singing and, and life. So there's no right way, but I guess it's just about going, does that work for you? Right, keep doing it then. Yeah. And you do, you do get like, I don't know, there must be lots of different things in life. Like people love CrossFit. And other people don't. You say that like you clearly don't. Yeah, I don't like CrossFit. But, <laughs> but like people love CrossFit, other people don't. Because it's a culture as well. And it's a, it's a method of doing stuff. And sometimes, um, like people, people who like Istil really like to know about really technical muscular stuff. Right? 
other people that like CVT really like to know about um, aggressive singing styles. People that like SLS um, tend to be, you know, proponents of people like Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, like offshoots of that. And, and typically SLS was like the low larynx approach, right, for a lot of people. So they're all, they're all quite different angles. And I really feel that, yeah, um, for the most part, if somebody works on any technique, they're going to get better. Doesn't matter what it That's is. That's it. But you, you'll inevitably get to a point where that, that technique is... They say you can't mix techniques with techniques, like they still won't have SLS principles and, and vice versa, which does make them rigid. It does make them not fully effective. Uh, so I think, yeah, like Steve said as well, like borrow as much as you like and throw away as much as you like. Mm. And just remember that you don't actually have to belong to any of them. No. You know, it's, it's, we're talking about human nature at the end of the day, aren't we? Yeah. People like to be part of something, then people like to evangelize things mm -hmm. because it's their thing. And Some this people is, like it because it's marketing. Exactly. So all that stuff, that's the reason why these things exist at the end of the day. Yeah. And, um, and so go in, have a listen, take out what you want, go on to the next thing, take out what you want. Maybe listen to a podcast about, and with two guys that think that their way is the, the right way. Matt, they're better than everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out for us as well. We'd love to talk to you more about, you know, your teaching, mm. if you can get in touch. But but in terms of the... Reflux. Speaking voice or reflux, I mean, it's it's more about the speaking voice, right? We're talking about angels losing her voice bump from speaking. Yeah. Um, do you want me to kick off a little bit on Go this? for it. Yeah, I mean, it's this one is... It's a little bit vague from, from our point of view because... Um, it's very hard to tell what's going on, but reflux is a massive pain in a singer's ass, essentially. Um, and for those of you who don't know, it's just it's stomach acid coming up um, and burning the vocal folds. Sometimes that can be actually all day for people with chronic whatever. Um, sometimes it's at night when you're led down, um, which is why some people can wake up with morning voice and feel like they're always bad in the morning. Um, a typical symptom of that is a taste of kind of like a an irony sort of blood taste in the mouth each morning um, but it sounds like with three or four months vocal rest which is typically more rest than anyone needs um, for their voice to recover it sounds like you really need to get checked out in terms of a vocal um, endoscopy rigid stroboscopy which has a high definition camera and can clearly view the vocal cords um, because you may be suffering from long-term damage of the vocal cords from acid it's possible mm. um, like the question before you know if you if you if you are too aggressive with your singing or there's a problem in the technique your vocal folds can become stiff and inflamed and over time lose their ability to vibrate um, acid can also damage the the, uh, the layers of the vocal folds so that again that long term they may be a little bit stiff and you might not be able to achieve high notes and um, another fairly well-known backlash from long-term reflux and lifestyle problems is that um, you can get granuloma on the vocal cords uh, which is essentially like a blister um, and if you sing on those uh, then that becomes really exacerbated, you know. 
So you, ha you have to really be able to get a picture of your vocal cords, take it to a really good speech therapist and singing teacher, um, so that those people have a really good idea of exactly what is going on on those chords. Because without that, we can only provide quite general answers. Exactly, and, and, and on that though, I mean, it's really, I mean, um, sorry to hear that it damaged your esophagus there, Angel, but uh, again here it doesn't state whether the reflux is cleared up. Mm. Which... With three or four months vocal rest, we might say that it hadn't. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and so with that in mind, if the reflux, if there's still some reflux that maybe is 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 getting involved with the chords, mm -hmm. we're gonna have puffiness, and that kind of from what you say here about the power when singing, which then I for me it says when singing that means we're potentially gonna be a higher pitch than speaking. Then if we're puffy, being able to coordinate in a in a intense way coordinate the chords in an intense way which you would be able to do if they weren't puffy or fallen from acid reflux being able to do that's going to be tricky so with the likelihood is we're probably going to have to be taking a, a much lighter approach up in the upper register yeah and therefore and then when we speak we're going to be swollen speaking on a swollen situation probably overdriving it a tiny bit yeah and then it's just going to be worsening over and over again so mm -hmm. maybe this reflux thing is still kicking around a tiny bit and and producing a, a, a not entirely optimal situation with the chords yeah absolutely and you, sorry sorry go on yeah no because i find i find that with straight away when you've got i mean everyone will find that when you've got a cold and you're swollen for the reason if you've got a virus the first place it goes is the upper register. And not, not so much the upper register, but in fact, the transition and trying to maintain, uh, or trying to balance that muscular coordination mm. that we find so difficult in any case. But when the cords are turned into two fat little slugs, trying to coordinate that is just a joke. There's no chance. Nah. Which is why people then, if they've got a gig, they blow loads of air to try and smaster it. And it just, you know. Do you think we could use that as like a, an excuse to say like, I can't make the gig tonight because I've got slugs? <laughs> yeah? I've got slugs. That, that one could go viral, Steve. Sounds worse than it is though, doesn't it? <laughs> I've got these little slugs in my throat. <laughs> um, but no, you're right. You know, like vocal, like you say, if they're really fat, they can't be, if they're fat with inflammation, they can't be stretched out for a high pitch very well. They, they won't thin, um, which is kind of mad. Conversely, sometimes a little bit of inflammation on the vocal cords right. actually hoovers up someone's cord closure problems. And I always remember um, a singer that we know saying, I know I'm going to, I know I'm about to get a cold because my singing's really good. <laughs> Do you oh, remember right. Liz? Liz. Liz Warner. Oh, really? That? Oh, did she really? Yeah, yeah. She said it on Facebook one time, and that's, and it's, you know, I remember going to a workshop and I recall that moment and thinking, it's because of the cord closure thing. It's just because cord closure can be so easy to achieve with this little bit of inflammation. The same reason why a smoker can also experience, like, much worse singing voice when they give up because the inflammation was making up their lack of core closure at that time. Fascinating. But you will reap many more benefits from not smoking. So. Yes, indeed. Um, you just have to, yeah, get back in on the technique to hoover it up. Um, so there is that, which may explain why sometimes you feel like the middle part of your voice is decent. Um, but then, th look, going back again, the three or four months voice rest for me was important because 
that means you definitely didn't sing in that period or very little at all but you did probably mostly speak um, in that period and if your vocal folds were really impaired with uh, inflammation and reflux at that moment you'd 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 likely gather a different way of using your voice over three or four months yeah. you may you may be pressing it a little bit hard or it may be been really hard to achieve any kind of volume so you might have been pushing air at it and i think over three or four months that your speaking voice has developed um, a bad muscular pattern um, dealing with that which is hard for you to shake and i think a really good a really good thing that everyone can really relate to on this one is, you know when someone says like, my cold cleared up ages ago, but my singing voice hasn't been the same since. And you can kind of hear that, the singing voice itself is fine, but that person may again, in just two weeks of having the flu or laryngitis, has developed a differing speech and singing pattern, muscularly, trying to sing round a cold, and then when the cold's gone, they're still left trying to sing around it and haven't returned back to the old way of singing, um, which is super common. And I bet a lot of you have felt like that, but I think this is a more chronic case of that when you look at the speaking voice. So then you're looking at some, so even from a vocal coach, you know, again, guidance from somebody else, whether it's a vocal coach or a speech therapist, to try and get that speaking voice back on. Mm -hmm. There's one little trick you can use. I mean, this is, I'm sure there's many, but that uh, anybody that's new to this, especially that wants to f have a little surprise with their own voice, we might have mentioned this before. But it's it's feeling where your speaking voice should be. For me now, where I'm speaking right now isn't optimal for me. I don't know why I'm doing it. <laughs> Do you think it's too deep? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've, I'm in radio voice. Yeah. <laughs> ah. mm. Yeah, I have to remember like we aren't that manly. <laughs> you gotta speak for yourself, mate, because yeah. I am. We wear deep V's and we aren't that manly. So go to the gym, though. So yeah, I know. I got big arms. So <laughs> I, I did that when I worked at the uh, in, a, the, in, an, in an office for the, when I left school. And I, that's the only time I've been to the doctors about a voice situation when I had no idea what was going on. And uh, it's because I picked up the phone and I said, good morning, Steve Jobs, we can help and help. Ah, <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Whereas if you do this little trick, which is this, is if you really like something, you really, really like something, and you, and, or you've just tasted something that you like, and you give it that very cheesy, and something that no one actually does in real life, and if they do, you put it on a slap them in the face, is to go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I'm up there, that's where my voice should be. Ah, oh, you sound really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, that's a little, little trick, but have a play around with it, because however weird, Flash camp, it may feel, if that's where the voice should be, and you want to save your voice. Yeah. Bada bing bombo. Mm -hmm. And it will conflict with your persona sometimes. Yeah. You know, some people really get freaked out about getting the speaking voice back to the place where it should be. But you do come to, come to terms with it, don't you? Yes, Eventually. you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes. Um, but yeah, do your research. I mean, you're a vocal coach anyway. I'm sure you know plenty about the voice. Despite the fact you're a vocal coach, you're going to need a vocal coach. You know, we all need vocal coaches, even whatever profession and however le whatever level we're at. And also, because of your background and your case, 
from in England it's this way that the speech therapist that you first see at the hospital that you spend probably 12 weeks waiting for an appointment for mm. um, usually is like an admin assistant who knows a little bit about it right and then you would have wasted 12 weeks so you kind of if you kind of want to try and go private if not really insist on a consultant or someone who is you know just right at the top of the level who can get you there quicker um, and has more experience and that goes yeah that and singing teacher that would be I think useful advice that I found it helpful in, in the past Sweet. Hope that helps. Angel. But please, please keep in touch with what you've found out about your voice, because this is the sort of story that we would love to make sure um, uh, has a happy ending. Mm. Mm. Okay, so we better wrap up because it's close to the end. Should we just ask this very quick question? Because it's very quick. Okay. This is from Hannah. Yeah. yeah so Hannah Wilson. Yes. And Hannah says, a question for the naked vocalists. Lorn and I were at the airport waiting in a queue, um, in brackets, my husband, uh, and I started singing, humming, a humming out loud. Sli singing slash humming. I think she wrote time instead of tune. Oh, humming, that's it. Okay. Humming a tune out loud. Oh, okay, that's where I got confused. Lorn thinks this is unacceptable public behaviour. He was embarrassed. I think, this is a <laughs> I think this is a nice way to pass the time in the queue. What are your professional thoughts on this? Chris. Does anybody remember Dear Deirdre? Yeah. Like, I, think, I think this is more to do with their relationship than it is about singing, to be honest. Well, have, you, have you got any thoughts on that, then? On well, I think, I think Lorne is at the end of his tether, and I don't think it's the singing. <laughs> That's quite a statement. How would you... I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I feel like I'm going to go deep. I mean, you can go deep because that, that's the statement and that's not... That's, I mean, it's lovely, that's good information, but it's not really an answer for them or an actionable... Lawn's having an affair. Okay. We sad enough, clearly. Any, any more? No. You seem angry now. <laughs> you seem like you've... Just, just hate it when lives get ruined. Carol, what do you, what do you think? I was going to say that, you know, everyone's got their freedom. She can, I feel that if she wants to just have a little sing song in the queue, then it's fine, absolutely fine. And maybe... Fair point. So do I. Good luck to you. Hannah Wilson. Should we stick to the singing next time? Pretty time to wrap up, isn't it? Yeah. What are you doing later? Uh, just probably eating yogurt. Find us on Twitter. <laughs> Find us on Facebook. <laughs> TM <TV laughs> questions, a naked vocalist. Keep asking questions. It's time to go. Need some content, all right? Keep asking us questions. Uh, get on board. Love. We love you guys, don't we? Really, really like you lot. The Naked Vocalist is proud to be sponsored by Vocalize You. Truly the best home study program for singers. Available for desktop computers, iPad and iPhone. Download your copy from vocalizeyou.com now.